Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Everybody and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms, mash them right up, squish them together, squish them like a like a sandwich. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, and and then so is the bread us. We we like we're yeah we're the yeah we're pushing the bread the pop culture, yeah, but then also eating it yeah or giving us to you the listeners eating. Someone eating a sandwich? Yeah. Wow. Man, so it's like a, a fractal geometry, uh, infinite variable sandwich. Yeah. Well, it was National Sandwich Day recently. Oh, so. well, there you go. We yeah. got it on the mind. Exactly. <laughs> Eddie, what is the sandwich that we are whipping up today? Today, we are whipping up a sandwich of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Jupiter Ascending. Mm, that's good eating. It is. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm actually really, really pumped for this one. Uh, so yeah, getting a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit of wackiness yeah. and a little bit of sci-fi crazy. Yeah, what, family, funny yeah. stuff, and then out of this world, bananas, space adventure. With also weirdly some family funny stuff. In yeah, it. that's true. So yeah, yeah it's the yeah, universal language, that. family funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Throw some Channing Tatum in on top of that and oh, I'll take that yeah. Sunday. Absolutely. Now, we're just, wow. we're obviously Is doing this before dinner. Is it an ice cream sundae sandwich? Yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah. yeah. Has anyone ever made an ice cream sundae, an ice cream sandwich sundae? I mean, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, I'm, be, I'm willing to take that. Yeah, so like... Because you the, have, but it's have already like a brownie... A sa- it's already a sandwich, though. No, but that's what I mean. Like, you make a sundae out of ice, an ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. So you have like, instead of like a brownie, then uh-huh. you just put more ice cream on that. Oh, okay. So it's like, it, it winds up being where like... So it's like an open-faced sandwich, but the sandwich is the no. bread of the sandwich. The san- the ice cream ice cream sandwiches are a thing. Right. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. I know. So That's what I'm saying. It's already a self-contained thing. So yeah, I but it's not open-faced. You're not opening it up. Well, no, but if it's going to be the bread of the sandwich, <laughs> then you're putting ice cream on top of it, and then it's an open Because yeah, you're wait. not putting another ice cream sandwich <laughs> on top of it. That's a good point. You've already come this far. <laughs> you're already probably <laughs> spending the night by yourself in front of the movies. So <laughs> In front of them. In front of the movies. You know, that saying that everybody talks about. Like, like you're literally standing in front of the movies. (laughs) I stand here before movies and God. Ice cream sandwich, sandwich in hand. There's like the the person selling the tickets and they're like, do you want to buy anything? And you're just like, no. No, thank you. I have an ice cream sandwich sandwich. It's not open face because I'm committed. I feel like that's an ice cream club sandwich. Oh, yeah. Well, it's got a toothpick in it, so it's classy. There we go. (laughs) And yet, somehow, mysteriously, still an olive on top. (laughs) Yep. And hot dog's definitely not a sandwich. No, that's that's a shout-out for John John Hodgman listeners. Yeah. Ice cream sandwich, sandwich. Sandwich, right there in the title. Yeah, hot dog, not a sandwich. sandwich. (laughs) Well, now that we've settled a whole lot of different questions, I like to think. (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Oh, man. So The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a 90s sitcom starring Will Smith. It aired from 1990 to 1996 for a total of six seasons. Um, NBC had approached Will Smith, who was a popular rap artist at the time, um, do, about doing a show vaguely inspired by his life. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I forget that Will Smith was like a successful pop rap Oh, yeah. artist before he became like Will Smith the actor. Absolutely. Because I have known him as Will Smith the actor for most of my life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he made the transition very quick. Yeah, and um, very successfully. Yeah, but, uh, you know, and I think a lot of it was just because his parents didn't understand. No, so they never it. understand. He had to prove it to so them. Take that, mom and dad. Yeah, in your um, faces. Yeah. Uh, so the show follows Will Smith as fictional Will Smith. Which is uh, what everyone refers to him exactly. as in the show. Exactly. Fictional Will. Hi, Fictional Will. Will. <laughs> he's actually, he's acting with a mask of Will Smith on his face. Mm. It was really you never first, see Will like, Smith's actual Tim face. and Eric Awesome Show Great Job style, like, um, off-putting comedy yeah. of uh, a sitcom history. Yeah, it was a commentary about American sitcoms at the time. Mm-hmm. Will Smith was deeply invested in engaging with that genre. It's true. As, he was really As a meta text. Mm-hmm. And, and man, that is not true. And his parents all. did not understand. No. Um, so the real show, um, this is a story about his life got flipped, turned upside down. Mm-hmm. He was born in West and raised in West Philadelphia, oh, okay. uh, spent most of his days on a playground playing b-ball, uh-huh. Max and relax and all cool. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. some guys who were up to no good and oh, no. um, started causing trouble in his neighborhood. Oh, no. After just like one fight, uh-huh. his mom got scared. Oh, so, yeah. you know, they don't understand. Yeah. And he and said that Will was going to be moving to his rich aunt and uncles in Bel Air. Oh, so Smith flew to California, took a cab with a license plate reading fresh oh, uh, to his aunt and uncle's home in Bel Air. That's a good recall of specificity. Exactly. I think it really like, yeah. helps paint the picture was, of the story. Yeah, I really you feel the California rich Bel Air vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was finally there to take his place on the throne as the Prince of Bel Air. Oh, yeah. Having uh, deposed the former prince in single combat. Exactly. I mean, this was really the early Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> It was each season of The Fresh Prince was actually a meta commentary on a different kind of TV yes. show that had not yet occurred. Yes. <laughs> um, I hear that um, George R. R. Martin was deeply inspired by The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and you that's know, where most of the source text came from. I mean, Will Smith did spend multiple portions of each episode of Fresh Prince describing the food he was eating. So, yeah. George R. R. Martin took a lot of inspiration from that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, over six seasons, Smith gets into hilarious hijinks with his family, in school, at work, and with girls. Lots oh. of general sitcom stuff going also got on. Also paralyzed once. Will Smith? Yeah. Well, I mean, Will, the fictional Will Smith. This is an important delineator in the show. He, I uh, remember that. Yeah, he jumps in front of a bullet when they get mugged, and he spends some time in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah it, the show does talk about a lot of serious stuff, yeah. too. Yeah, occasionally. It was in, like, the very special episode era. Yeah. Um. But tell us about the characters. Um, yeah, so we've got um, Will Smith, a.k.a. Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, there is Vivian Banks, Will's uncle, a rich lawyer who grew up poor. Uh, Vivian, B- D- did I say that right? You did. Uh, I'm sorry, I think oh, we got a dog in the studio. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just puts, I couldn't remember what I was reading because I was making sure Bodo didn't eat my laundry. And he got his fox. Good boy. He's got a squeaker. Yay. Um we're just going to keep that in there because yeah. whatever. Photo cameo. Photo cameo. Philip Banks, Will's uncle, rich lawyer who grew up poor. Vivian Banks, Will's aunt and his mother's sister. Carlton, Will's cousin and eventual friend. Um, Carlton is a super young Republican and has a memorable happy dance. Oh, yes, he does. I feel like Carlton would have been like 
like a Marco Rubio kind of guy yeah. where you're like, why are you Republican? Yeah. Shouldn't you, you know better? Yeah. Um, Alfonso Rivera is also super sick of doing the Carlton dance, apparently. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like, I mean, how could you not be? Yeah. Um, but he, he sure did the Carlton dance He was a too lot good at it. For, that yeah, was his problem. Exactly. Um, there's Hillary with Will's shallow older cousin, sometime weather girl. Ashley, Will's adorable younger cousin, who's closest to Will in life approach and mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah, they're besties. They're besties. Um, Nikki, the youngest Banks kid, who was born partway through the series, which is a typical sitcom move. Oh, you Just, see, I forgot about Nikki. Yeah, exactly. I was going through all the characters, and I'm like, oh, right, Nikki, yeah. little Nikki. Man. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to bring a young kid in that no one's going to remember years later. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Jeffrey, the Banks family butler, who often throws shade at the Smith Banks antics. Mm-hmm. Um, Jazz, a.k.a. DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Will's friend and fellow rapper. Um, one of the tropes of the show is that Jeff says something inappropriate or funny or snarky and gets literally thrown out of the house. Mm-hmm. And if, like DJ Jazzy Jeff, you really feel like this was part of Will Smith's contract negotiation with NBC where he was like, your friend, my friend needs to be in this. Yeah. Show oh, yeah. We need to have my friend. Yeah. It can't just be me. No. I'm going to bring him up. Yeah. It turns out and wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's Vi, Helen, and Janice, who are Vivian's other sisters. Um, Will's mom is Vi. There's Lisa, a girl that Will dates for a while, and then oh, yeah. he almost marries a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. But she is she's probably the the biggest um, romance on the show yeah, for the sort him. Of running romance. Yeah. Otherwise, interest. there are a lot of girls that Will gets involved with, mm-hmm. um, including Tyra Banks for like a couple oh, episodes. Yeah, she popped up. On yeah, that. super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, there is Trevin, Trevor Collins Newsworthy, Hillary's fiance and a local broadcaster. He dies in a bungee jumping accident. Um, and fun fact, he is played by Broadway star Brian Stokes Mitchell, mm-hmm. which Years I find... Ragtime. Yeah, well, was it? I think it was maybe concurrent. May, or maybe it was at the very... Because I guess he would not have been through 1996. Yeah, that's so true. So he probably left to be on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would I would imagine. Yeah, right? Yeah, he didn't actually die in a bungee jumping No. Um, to have a, to but I kind of, having a I kind of love that we have like a rap star and a Broadway star on the yeah, same show. just hanging out It's together. like pre-Hamilton mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so some themes of the show, um, class differences. Much of the show focuses on Will's like fish out of water experience as a teen coming from tough areas of Philadelphia to a very privileged area of California. Uh, lots of this focuses on the kind of the comedic side of things. But Will and his family often have to confront the expectations of those in their privileged world and what it means to keep it real. Mm-hmm. Um, there's race in America. Again, this is often handled with a lighter touch, but the show doesn't shy away from the fact that the main characters are African-Americans in a largely white setting. Mm-hmm. Um, like in one episode, Will and Carlton are pulled over while driving a fancy car, and Carlton has to confront the fact that even though his family is wealthy, his race is all the police officer will see up front. Yeah. Um, so race is casually mentioned throughout the show as well, like references to Malcolm X and the fact that Philip and Vivian were active in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, a lot of African history and diaspora yeah. references coming up throughout. Yeah. Um, and the, again, this show isn't always using it as a very special episode thing. Yeah. I like that it's it's very like present for these characters yeah. as African-Americans. Yeah, um, it, it, I would even say, I mean, I think a lot of the very special episodes in quotes that they did tended to be 
very explicitly not related to race. Yeah. Like it would be about like drugs as a oh, separate yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, or drinking. Or, right. Or... It, it, they treated him in a very similar way as yeah. like other sitcoms like Step by Step or other things that were yeah. like, we're just talking about this issue. Yeah. And then they would bring up race as an issue in those kind of special mm-hmm. episode ways. But it wasn't like that's all they talked about in the special episodes. Exactly. And then race wasn't also just a thing that they brought up in very special episodes. Right. Um. Another big theme is family. While most of the family members come from a nuclear family union um, and Will is related to them, kind of the show looks at the shifting family dynamic as Will becomes a part of the bank, Banks family. Mm-hmm. Um, one particularly moving episode involves Will's dad showing up. Oh, also Will's dad played by Ben Vereen. Wow. I know, right? Man, they were getting all the Broadway Yeah, deep just cuts. bring them on in. Or pre-deep cuts. Yeah, exactly. Or I think Ben Vereen was well established. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so Will's dad shows up and ultimately lets him down again after having abandoned him as a child. Um, Will feels that Uncle Philip is more of a father figure to him. Um, in that episode, they really have a bonding moment. But mm-hmm. I think it's a nice look at how both um, you, your nuclear family does not have to define who your family is and your larger family can be very expansive and inclusive. Absolutely. Um, so some things I like and think other people will like. Um, just the cast is great. Like yeah. Will Smith has wonderful energy and the supporting cast brings like such particular charm to all of their roles. Mm-hmm. Did the actor who played Uncle Philip pass away recently? Oh, I, think I, read that. I feel like I heard that. Yeah. If not, but, great. Well, yeah. Like um, I want to be sure you're alive. Um, I'll, I'll do around. you want to? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, can... I've got it right here, actually. James Avery. Um, he did pass away in um, December of 2013. Oh, okay. Um, so not super recently. Yeah, not but. super recently, but we have we have lost Uncle Phil, which Aww. is sad, because um, he was great. Yeah. Um, and this is a really good classic sitcom. Like, yeah. I feel like as, as family sitcoms go, this one just stands really well. Like, you know, it's, it's not breaking a ton of boundaries, like mm-hmm. kind of normal problems come up and are solved within episodes, or at least over the course of a season. And it's great for casual viewing. Um, but again, the, the cast is bringing a lot here. Mm-hmm. The writing is sharp in different places. Um, yeah, it's funny, like looking at it, it is hard to describe to someone else, Fresh Prince, in a way that makes it sound like anything other than just like a totally run-of-the-mill sitcom. Yeah, because the, it, it, the plotting is very run-of-the-mill. Yeah, that was all the machinery. But I yeah. think it really comes down to the charisma of Will Smith and oh, all yeah. of the other performers yeah. as well. Um, and again, I think the line-by-line writing can mm-hmm. still be very fun and funny. Um, yeah. And obviously bringing in, um, again, those those parts of black culture into a typical sitcom. Sure. Um, but yeah, for the most part, the structure is straight up family sitcom. Yeah. And it really, uh, I think it's willing to go sillier and a little more. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I, throwing jazz out of the house, like, exactly. you know, multiple times. Yeah. It's a very anything for a laugh mentality. Yeah. But then it would also get, you know, sort of playful with its yeah. own structure. And, and it was smart with itself. Like it was, again, mm. still being a sitcom, but at a higher level than I think, say, a step by step. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an element to it as well of it has a lot of outsider structures built in of like, I mean, you've got yeah. the butler for yeah. one thing who can comment on the on things from the outside. Yeah. Will can comment on the family. Yeah. The family is a black family living in a yeah. rich suburb. So there's an, it, whereas like step by step is like, it's they a, are in a world that is them. Yeah, exactly. They're, right. It's just the fact that they are two families Brady bunching it. Exactly. And um, then you've, they've got their stoner cousin living in a van in the oh, backyard. Yeah. Oh, Cody. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there were not as many, or there were way more with Fresh Prince, sort of outsider constructions built into the fabric of the show that they yeah. could comment on and pull yeah. threads at. 
Uh, but yeah, it, I think it holds up more than yeah, many of the others. Absolutely. Um, and it's a, like a snapshot of early 90s. It's life in terms of music and oh, fashion yeah. and celebrity. Just like so much neon. Yeah. Oh, my God. So much. I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, if kids today are looking for a, a little bit of what life was like in the 90s, this is check a, out that Fresh Prince yeah, and this, be like, oh, my God, isn't that... Um, Tyra Banks. It, yeah, Brett. well, Tyra Banks. What I was going to say, um, was it Jaden Smith's father? Oh, Whatever yeah. His name. Exactly, Jaden Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, now he's... That's true. That's what they would know him yeah, as. Yeah, exactly. Or as like sour, dour, sad sack actor in various movies that haven't done very well recently. Um, um, Will Smith has been choosing a lot of like sad man projects. Yeah. But man, it's amazing watching old episodes of French Prince where you're like, oh, I see why you were a star. Like there is so much charisma and magnetism. Um, oh, totally. It's really remarkable. Um, so, yeah. How about um, some uh, charismatic characters in Jupiter Ascending? Oh, yeah. There are <laughs> a slightly different definition of charisma, I would say, coming oh, from a lot of the performers. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's, it's definitely is charisma. It is a, I cannot look away. It's a, it's a <laughs> lot of charismatic performers. I don't know if they're giving universally charismatic performances. I disagree. I, enjoy, I, I certainly enjoyed watching oh, them. Yeah. Preface to this. Um I'm going to be ragging on Jupiter Ascending a little bit. I think it's a super fun movie and like very fun to I watch. I think it's one thing to say like this is not a good movie. I think it's delivering on what it was selling. Yes, I agree. It, it, it is what it wants to be. Yeah. Which is something I that I think it. you can say, and I'll talk about this in the themes, it's something that I can think you can say about just about any Wachowski property. Yeah. Um, you know, they make movies that they want to make and that are what they want them to be for the most part. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so, yeah. you've got an aesthetic. Go with it. Exactly. So, so as a segue, uh, we'll move into Jupiter Ascending. Um, it is a 2015 space opera written, produced and directed by the Wachowskis. Uh, it stars Mila Kunis, Channing Tatum, Sean Bean and Eddie Redmayne's weird vocal stylings. Oh, man. Uh, it is a very super silly, often dumb movie, but it's a really fun time. Um, partly because of how silly and often dumb it is, uh, largely. Um, and like pretty much every Wachowski's property, um, it is completely in and of itself. Like it is a unique property and it builds the kind of fictional world that is way larger than its storytelling abilities on a mechanical level, um, which makes it really rich for fan fiction Oh, totally. Like uh, this, this is setting up a universe in which you can write a bajillion stories and have so much fun. Yeah, I think the Wachowskis are always super big idea, big world building big concepts and then the st their storytelling abilities within those kind of vary but uh, Jupiter Ascending is one that I think illustrates that really well while still being very interesting and fun to watch yeah I think uh -huh. it, it suffers from it only being one movie yeah I feel like exactly. this actually would have been better if they had been able to spread this out over even like maybe a TV series yeah and I'm sure that it was as, it was so much of a risk to even just get the one made yeah that you know they probably couldn't pitch it as a uh, as a, a trilogy or as a movie series um, but it definitely would have benefited from it because I think the one real movie making crime this movie commits is it tries to cram all of its story into, yes. a, into Boy, a very does small it. package so let's talk about some story yeah. this is a very basic synopsis because otherwise we'd be here all night. Um, Mila Kunis plays Jupiter Jones, the not at all conveniently named earthbound cleaning lady who lives with her loud, boisterous Russian immigrant family um, who all kind of feel like they're in another movie. Yeah, um, I kind of forget about them, yeah, to be honest. They're just like a little, like, it's like you, you take these quick detours to like Russian family land and it feels like, it's... I don't know, you're in like the outtakes of Once or something. All of a yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> um, Jupiter discovers that she is actually the 
the exact genetic replicant of the deceased matriarch of a ruling alien government. She discovers this when the matriarch's children and uh, send alien mercenaries to destroy her. Um, they are defeated by the arrival of a half-man, half-dog alien former soldier played by Channing Tatum, who takes her to hide out with his half-man, half-bee fellow former soldier played by Sean Bean, whose name in the movie is Stinger. Because it's that kind of a movie. Of course. Um, but you know what? If his move, his if half man, half bee soldier was named like Fred, oh yeah, I'd be like, wow, that's a missed opportunity. Like, yeah, you, you really should have steered into the skin exactly. on this one. Exactly. Um, the overarching plot uh, of the film that gets revealed uh, partly when Mila Kunis discovers that she can command bees to her will um, is that Earth is one of many planets that are owned and traded by these big ruling alien bodies. Um, there's a massive alien government and there are all these rich families who sort of buy low, sell high on planets um, and then harvest the planet's inhabitants to make an eternal youth solution that other aliens can bathe in. Um, it's sort of like mm. a big milky substance. Um, the land rights for Earth are in dispute now that this matriarch has died, who uh, Jupiter is an exact genetic replicant of, uh, meaning that if Jupiter doesn't claim her place as Earth's rightful owner, everybody on it will be harvested and aliens will bathe in the resultant people sludge. So Delicious. the future's looking grim. Um Jupiter and Channing Tatum uh, go on the run, um, and Jupiter winds up interacting with the three royal children of this matriarch, all um, one at a time, um, who all have their sort of games they're trying to play. Um, this is where the movie starts getting a little bit overstuffed, because it's really like one one child, and then she moves to the next one, and then she moves to the next one. And so we start to get it very methodically walking through. Um, but each of these kids wants to use Jupiter as a pawn in their big intergalactic game of chess, and she manages to narrowly avoid it on all three counts, mostly through Channing Tatum using his rocket shoes to be co to come and rescue her. Um, the movie really likes his rocket shoes. I mean, I want some rocket shoes. Absolutely. I would totally wear some rocket shoes uh, and cruise around in them and have laser fights above the Chicago sky skyline wearing them it'd be great um eventually the two of them and the galactic alliance do battle with the final son who is played by eddie redmayne in a performance that lives only at the one and eleven positions on the volume knob yep. he is either whispering very throatily or he is screaming the loudest that he can and there's really no rhyme or reason about which one he'll do at any moment um but he owns a big factory on jupiter uh the planet not Mila Kunis's character um Channing Tatum and Jupiter are victorious in the end and even save Jupiter's family, who have been kidnapped by Eddie Redmayne. Uh, Channing Tatum's rank in the intergalactic army is restored. Sean Bean actually lives through the whole movie for once. And Jupiter begins dating the half-man, half-dog alien soldier who saved her uh, and who also lets her wear his rocket boots and fly around at the end of the movie. I mean, that's a good boyfriend move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is a very good way to solidify the relationship. Um... So there's a lot going on in this movie. Uh, like we said, a lot of plot, but the characters are Jupiter Jones, played by M Mila Kunis. Uh, she is the central character. She has a strong will, but she's maybe not the fastest on the uptake. Um, she spends a lot of the movie getting sort of tricked into doing things uh, and then rescued by Channing Tatum, which is one of the frustrating things I find about it. But she is also Mila Kunis, so she's delightful. And yeah, gets, she and brings a lot to her role. Yeah, she gets some very sassy one-liners and also one really mm -hmm. weird one-liners where she's like hitting on Channing Tatum and he mentions that he's half dog and she goes, I love dogs. And it just doesn't quite land as a romantic no. line. <laughs> it makes things a little bit weird. I, I feel like that could be like more of a 
Less of a romantic line, more of a banter line. Yeah. Like I'm teasing you because you're a dog. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't no. quite land in the way intended. That's okay. But it's okay. Um, there's Kane, Channing Tatum. Uh, is he a dog or is he a man? Either way, he's got rocket boots and pointy ears. <laughs> neither <laughs> of which should have rocket boots. No, it's true. Really, neither species is particularly well suited to wearing rocket boots. But in the hybrid, they find the balance. There is Stinger, played by Sean Bean. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to back oh. up. I would love to see a video of Channing Tatum as Kane and like he puts on the boots for the first time and then he's like a dog putting on those little booties and he can't walk just walking weird (laughs) anyway Um, yes um there is stinger played by sean bean who in the moment before he is shot by a stun gun utters the immortal line oh beeswax yay (laughs) because he's half b um then there are the kids uh the alien kids who are adults but they are the children of the matriarch uh Kalik, the daughter of the royal family who is the most sort of straightforward of the manipulative children which is to say she is oblique and hard to read but she is kind of plays the most straight with jupiter is the first of the kids that jupiter interacts with and sort of gives her the most exposition about uh jupiter's role in all of this there is titus played by douglas booth the middle child of the abrasics clan who wants to marry jupiter in order to gain ownership of earth and then kill her because they're evil children, and that's what they do. Uh, and then there's Balam, played by Eddie Redmayne, who whispers and shouts in equal measure and is a sleazeball. Oh, what a weirdo. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then there's Alexa, Jupiter's mother, uh, who is the representative here in our mentions of the Russian family clan. And is most notable because she's played by Maria Doyle Kennedy, who is not Russian, I, but is perfect. I forgot about Maria Doyle Kennedy here, and she should be the main character in every movie she's in. She should in. be top build, frankly. Yeah, right. Jupiter Ascending with Maria Doyle Kennedy. No, Jupiter Ascending with Maria Doyle Kennedy as Jupiter. I'm sorry, oh. Milikinis, I love you, but I love Maria Doyle Kennedy even more. Yeah, she would have been a much more believable ass kicker, I think. Yeah, right? Like, nobody would have tried to take advantage of her no. because she'd shoot them. Oh. Man, that's just flashing back to Orphan Black. I know. Oh, Mrs. S. Um... Anywho, uh, themes and fun stuff for the movie. Um, The biggest theme is the idea that the universe is way bigger than we expect. Um, Maybe even our roles are bigger in it as well. Um, Still, everything boils down to commerce, though, at the end of the day, and bureaucracy. Yeah, Um, right. You know, Jupiter has her eyes opened to this vast interstellar uh, world or vast interstellar network of other beings, but they're all kind of ensnared in the same sorts of problems that everybody else is ensnared in on a day-to-day basis. Um, so yeah, it's they manage, the Wachowskis managed to make this vast um, uh, sort of intergalactic alliance and still reflect like there's a lot of boring stuff in it as well. Oh yeah, and then there's still questions of ownership and... Mm-hmm. At the Almost end of the like day, it's moving money around. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of colonialism, a lot of that. They're asking really big questions about those issues. Um, and then the film itself is its big and silly and beautiful to look at. Um, the visual style of the Wachowskis, as always, is so great and eye-catching and unique. Um, there are space battles that are really exciting to see and colorful and ship designs that are like the level of intricate where you know that somebody has thought about what every different facet of this ship does. Um, and yet it's still is sort of visually incomprehensible but fun to look at um and you know everything the wachowskis do essentially is a labor of love and comes from a really earnest honest place so even though the storytelling gets a little clunky uh throughout the film um the world building is still really cool and really interesting and it's a movie that i find myself thinking about the world of pretty frequently yeah i i like we were saying earlier i feel like it's great for the world of fan fiction like yeah. there's there's obviously so much going on in this universe and mm-hmm. 
I feel like Melchunas brings a lot to the Jupiter character, and I think it's it's a place I want to spend more time because yeah. of that. Like, even though she is, like, her job throughout the movie largely is to react to things, I think she does a nice job of informing it and feeling present. And, like, Channing Tatum is, as we talked about in the Magic Mike episode, like, he's like, a big beefcake, but he's really charismatic. Oh, yeah. Like, he and Melchunas can carry the movie real well. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like if they if they did a sequel, I would sure see it. Yeah, absolutely, I would watch it. Um, I don't think they will because it didn't do great at the no, box office. That's okay. But, but uh, you know what? Like Newsies had the same issue. That's true. And ex- then just exploded into a world of fanfic. Now the world and recognizes now it. Now the, the... the world will know. Oh, I see. And the world will learn. And the world will see how we made the tables turn. Wow. Um, when you quote it, it sounds actually vaguely threatening. It does. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll, one day we will have a Jupiter Ascending musical. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, um, I remember talking to some high schoolers who were really into the movie Van Helsing. Oh, which is like wow. not a movie that did anything. But again, I think it, you know, it was like a unified a monster flashback. universe. And so like it was something that like kids could read into and that people can see. And I think Jupiter Ascending is a movie that has a lot of potential for that. And yeah. it's a really like big storytelling playground yeah. that I think people who attach to it are going to attach really strongly. And I, it is nice to see a young woman at the center of a big giant space epic mm-hmm. story um, in this day and age of... Marvel movies that are awesome, but rarely have female characters front and center. That is true. I wish she was given more to do actively. Yes, in that, I agree. Um, and rescued a little bit yeah. less. But it is nice to see uh, a top build actress helming a movie like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of steps in the right direction. Yes. A few steps back, but at minimum, it's a fun movie yeah. to sit and drink and watch and oh, like totally. laugh at and make yeah. fun of. But its heart is so in the right place, and it's uh you know I think it is like many of the best. Um, less good movies. It comes from such an earnest and heartfelt place that there's a real vision that you're responding to at yeah. the center of it. Um, and frankly, like if we're gonna look at some big honkin' epic movies mm-hmm. of the last several years, like I will take Jupiter Ascending over a whole lot of them. Oh yeah, like throw those Transformers movies out. Exactly. Put that Jurassic World in the trash. Give oh, me some yeah. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, I mean, put Jurassic World in the trash no matter what. Any day. Just way it's deep the down worst. in there. Ugh. I'm so angry. Yeah, we still haven't done our episode where we talk about why we hate Jurassic World so much. <laughs> I don't know, because I don't want to do episodes that are like, here's why this movie is garbage. Yeah, maybe it'll be a bonus Let's cross over that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be like the the crossover appeal drinking game episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Drink every time we get mad at Jurassic World. Oh, man. You'll be wasted. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I think that that sort of encapsulates why we are fascinated by Jupiter Ascending. And, yeah. Uh, and why it's worth your time. So we've got these two hot properties that yes. on, the, on the tips of everybody's lips in today's yeah. <laughs> modern entertainment industry. Yeah. Man, they, we sure do have our button on the pulse of America. Our, our, oh, our, our button on the pulse. <laughs> it sounds our, just vaguely unsettling. It's it's like Coraline. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we sewed it right on there. <laughs> you know, Poto's really staring at us now. Yeah, no, he's, he's real mad. Some real intense looks. He's he like, did no not like that metaphor. <laughs> no, he's like, no one's playing with me. You're making bad metaphors. Everything's terrible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk about where these thematically cross over. Um. um 
So I think finding a world bigger than the one you know, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, Will Smith leaves Philadelphia mm-hmm. to go to Bel Air and is very fish out of water in the same way that Jupiter yeah. is a fish out of water in the galactic, and, you know, intergalliance, whatever. Bel Air, similar mm-hmm. to the Galactic Alliance, very wrapped up in petty stuff. Yeah, siblings you wrapped know? up in petty stuff. Yeah, Three exactly. siblings, Manipulative in siblings. Yeah. Oh, man. What if it was a remake? <laughs> <laughs> the Wachowskis are like, we're doing a remake of Fresh Prince of Bel Air in space. In space. It's fair. I think that just comes as a given with them. Whenever they say they're making a movie, you can just assume in space is the tag yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, uh, I think charismatic performances. Uh, yes. Perfor- I would say charismatic performers. Yes. Channing Tatum, Will Smith are both Oh, great. yeah. People who do a uh, lot with mm-hmm. a very basic... Um, written role yeah absolutely um i would say like very i mean not theme wise but like very specific visual styling mm-hmm. yeah very particular visuals yeah. neon yeah bright lights bright lights and colors <laughs> bright lights big city mm-hmm. um family i think yeah you know, they're a big and, pre- and the troubles they're in that's true you know you may not get along with your family but you love your family that's true and sometimes your family gets kidnapped by aliens sometimes and you have to save them from a foundry on jupiter yeah and sometimes <laughs> your parents go away for a week's vacation <laughs> that's the situation yeah. yeah um so yeah i think that you know there's some basic crossovers here yeah um the family is the strength is the yeah, strongest totally that you know these are movies i mean jupiter sending is a movie that really inserts the family stuff in whether you wanted it or not here's some Russians yeah and then Marie, Marie Doyle Kennedy yeah I will take her no matter what absolutely um, so yeah how about the actual crossover how is this going on um, so I think the easiest setup is that um, Jupiter and her family have moved to you know California mm-hmm. they, they're from Chicago know, from the Chicago. rent's probably cheaper at this point yeah right yeah um, in Chicago or in, in LA Really? Yeah. Then Chicago? Chicago's getting gross. Yeah, but California's real expensive. Yeah, that's true. They have like the top. I don't speak from expensive. any position of authority. I just thought oh, it was okay. not, it was thought it was a funny line. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. That's a joke. Hi oh. Hi oh. It's actually it's commerce commentary. Uh, Annie, Annie, I just really needed you to Ed McMahon that for me. <laughs> oh. Yep. So they're living in a less expensive area of California. Um, and you know, Jupiter is a cleaning woman. Yeah. So who, where else is she going to clean? But the mansions of Bel Air. Absolutely. Um, and you know, in early in the Jupiter Ascending movies, it's, it seems that she is very interested in like having a rich lifestyle. She's yeah. like, how can I get from where I am to this fancy pants lifestyle? Yeah. She's very acquisitive. Yeah. Um, so I think that's how she would maybe she would meet a young Will Smith who's Ooh. new in the neighborhood. Uh huh. Um, and. He's like, hey, girl, you're hot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in a Will Smithy way. And yeah. she and she gets to give it back to him a little. Yeah, and, exactly. And, you know, is interested in how he, he came to be here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Channing Tatum, who I would submit in this setting, <laughs> is a guy who is up to no good. Oh, yeah. Starts making trouble in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Um, Will Smith th- knows he's been there. It's true. I mean, and I think they have one little fight with some aliens. Um, a dance battle? Probably. I think sure. so. I feel like there's got to be a dance battle between Will Smith and Channing Tatum. Okay, in no, this, this movie. is the scene, especially if this is set in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. If, we're, if this is being made in the 90s, there is absolutely a scene where Channing Tatum is walking down the street and gets into a break dance off, but uses his rocket boots to win. Oh, totally. Like, there's, yeah. There's absolutely happening. And we I, never I, see those characters again. No. I, but I can see you like. DJ Jazzy Jeff doing the music in the background. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a legit breakdance yes. battle, but with rocket shoes. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I think they start to interact. So so is space coming in at this point, or are yeah? They just sort I mean, of I think I think um, space is coming in. I think yeah. that it would be. Um, do you, so are we going to set this after Jupiter ascending, or are we going to set this like mm. th- like this is Jupiter ascending timeline? Yeah, or? I want to say it's concurrent timelines. Yeah. Um, so maybe we're going to phase out the Russians. Okay. Phase in the Banks family. Okay. Yeah. Jupiter. Gets to know Will, gets to know the Banks family. Mm-hmm. Gets um, to hang out with Jeffrey the butler. Gets to hang out with Jeffrey the butler. Maybe, I want to say, maybe Jeffrey is an alien. Oh. And he knows all of the aliens' ins and outs. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's on the run. Oh, my gosh. He, maybe he's a little shepherd bookish. Oh, a la, I see. A la, um, Does he have any animal hybrid in him? Firefly. Yes. I mean, half, half, we've got half dog, he's we've got half bee. Half bee. Um, half, okay, Turtle? so butler? Yeah. Penguin? I think he's a little fat. Yeah, Is maybe penguin, half penguin. A tool, tool yeah. on the nose? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Butlers right. are always penguins. And you know, the, the tux is the perfect disguise. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone thinks he's wearing clothes. He just gets, he's not. He, he's naked. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Look, DNA was a gift for him. Yep. <laughs> um. So Jupiter um, has to, you know, go through the yeah, basically the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. But she's got Jeffrey at her side to help her manage all the the intricacies of oh, yeah. internet Work intergalactic. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. um, that is something that Kane Channing Tatum in the movie is not good at. Yeah, getting her through all that. Jeffrey's real good at that. Yeah, so he could be a mentor, and he's sort of like he's kind of my fair ladying her a little bit. Yeah. Like he's teaching her the intergalactic charm. Yeah, and all of that. But then like Will is along, and he and Kane are like keeping her honest and like keeping it real. Roots, keeping it real. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they really, you know, so there's a good little balance, and I think it. Yeah, maybe there's not as much fighting in this one. Yeah, maybe she just gets real good real fast. And intergalactic politics. Yeah, and, and she doesn't have to go from planet to planet meeting the other siblings. Right, she meets them and she's like, too bad I already signed my contract. Yeah, You right. all work for me now. Yeah. Clean my space toilets. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put your planets in the wood chipper and, and oh drink God. your person blood. Man, she got really vengeful. <laughs> I really know, fast. right? She's never even been to those planets. <laughs> oh, Wow. Neely Keenan has so much bloodlust. I know, right? Well, I think maybe that's like, yeah, I think Jeffrey is probably advising her, like, you got to wipe these things out because he's take no prisoners. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey is straight up. Yeah. yeah. He is the original dance puppets dance. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe Jeffrey ends up being kind of a villain oh, and they no. need to rein him back. Yeah. They got to pull him yeah. in. He owns the foundry on Jupiter. Yeah. Again, the planet, not the character. Yeah. They really should have picked a different planet. Yeah, they like just make up a name, guys. Yeah, come on, guys, really. Um, so yeah, I uh, man, this got this got kind of Game of Thronesy. Yeah, well, there here. you go. Yeah, George R. Uh, R. Martin knew all along. It's true. <laughs> Finally, all of his references come <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> um, but I, I watch... think they do. I think maybe it's just that Jeffrey, he you know has been in hiding. Yeah, and now he's like, oh, I can take power. I can take my revenge. Right. I'm gonna. T- and then like, but the family reminds him that it's like you. You're better than this. Right. And Stinger maybe remember teaches yeah. him to remember about seclusion. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think maybe he ends up being a um an aide to Jupiter. Mm-hmm. He leaves the Banks family, but yeah. he's he like is high political now. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the end of Jupiter ascending. She actually decides to like go be a queen somewhere. Yeah. She's like, I need to lead the universe. Yeah. She doesn't go back to live in her brownstone in Chicago. Yeah. Right. Why would you do that? But with rocket boots now. Yeah. It's a very weird decision. Totally. Um, yeah, well, I like this reality. Um, let's talk. Hey, hey, this is our first crossover in a while with two fully with human two adult, casts. Two full human adult casts. <laughs> Who we don't have to feel weird about hooking up yeah, with Yeah, exactly. Other. Um, so great. Let's get into it. Uh, let's play Kiss Your Faces. 
Well, I mean, obviously, it's going to be a love triangle with Will Smith, Channing Tatum, and Mila Kunis. Absolutely. Like, they're they're the charm factories here. Yeah, you know, and maybe they all wind up together. Sure. (laughs) Just, they form a unit. You know, and it works. With all, everybody's wearing rocket boots. Everybody's wearing rocket boots. Everybody's got some animal in them. <laughs> it's all very <laughs> Oh, safe. no. Oh, maybe oh. not. Ugh, I went too far. You went way too far. Yeah. But no, I think, yeah, absolute love triangle there. Yeah. Um, anybody else, any surprising outcomes? Um, I feel like I can, I would say that maybe um, Hillary and the the non-Eddie um, Redmayne brother. Oh, Titus. Titus hook yeah, up. Because they both seem real into image. Yeah, and they're very maneuvery. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hillary's and, not the brightest bulb, so I think she would get very much taken in yeah. by his fancy pants. And, and Titus's ship is like big party boat. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And then he doesn't go bungee jumping, or if he does, he's very safe. Yeah, so. he, I mean, it's it's like intergalactic bungee jumping. Right. So space, there's plenty of room to bungee yeah. jump. And if, and if you fall, you've got rocket boots exactly. because everybody has rocket Woo-hoo! boots. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that totally works. Um, what about um, uh, jazz? Oh, jazz. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to say he's he's got to be hooking up with one of the Russians. Oh yeah, or I feel like their with, family is just or Kalik. I mean, the sister from the Abraxas clan. Uh, yeah, I think she's just too, like, yeah. straight, a little straight-laced. That's true. I think the Russians would have fun. Yeah. I feel like I just want to see jazz with the Russians. I mean, are you saying DJ Jazzy Jeff and Maria Doyle Kennedy? Because I'm totally on board for that. I could do that. But I'm yeah. just saying he doesn't have to be straight. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, with the uncle or somebody or else. Or the cousins. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I do like the idea that if he were if he were with Maria Doyle Kennedy, if he ever uh, misstepped, she would actually throw him out of the apartment. True. And then we would get that great callback that we've all been waiting for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, totally in for that. Um, I think maybe Jeffrey and Stinger, if we're talking about characters whose sexuality yeah, we don't know. That's you know, true. Those are both former soldiers. Yeah. They've seen a lot of things and together. And maybe, yeah, they, they come to an alliance and then find that there's something more. And then they settle down in and, Sean Bean's house full of bees. Yeah, It is full of bees. It's, it's so almost beezy. one big beehive. Oh, it's beezy. Beezy does it. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, I like all these kiss your faces. Um, I think that also starts to cross over a little bit into best buddies because I was also thinking Jeffrey and Stinger, obviously. obviously. Um, um, I think that um, Carlton and um, oh Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I wonder that because like Eddie Redmayne's character is like real, like he's like Lee Pace in The Hobbit. He's yeah. just like chewing the scenery. Oh yeah, he's just just devouring it. <laughs> But, you know, I think maybe Carlton sort of becomes a traitor for a little while. Yeah, I can I, see that. He's like the Percy of yeah, the family. Yeah, he's the Percy Weasley. Yeah. Like, I think he starts working for Eddie Redmayne a little bit. Yeah, because he's like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna get, the, like, early in on this factory yeah. insider trading. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna buy my way in, and I'm going to impress my family, and yeah. he's going to be really proud of me. Exactly. And they've got to talk some sense into it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I think they're best buddies s- until they're not. Uh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Ashley and Kalik. Oh, yeah. Because I think Ashley would get taken in by Absolutely. Khalid's, again, a lot of like, glamour. A lot of glamour, style. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, for, for a lot of the show, Ashley wants to prove that she's mature and grown up. Exactly. And she's, she can hang out with big kids, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe friends until they're not Absolutely. there, too. Uh, Mr. Banks? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think, but you know what? I'm going to say I can see... Philip Banks and Channing Tatum being best buddies. Yeah, he and Kane hang out. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, he, he in the same way he and Will form a bond, mm-hmm. I feel like he and Kane have a sense of like, you came up yeah, from they tough get each places. Other. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah, I think he's the best buddies. And then we got some fights. 
Yes. I mean, obviously, um, everybody in Eddie Redmayne. Yes. Oh, my goodness. If only to get him to stop talking. Exactly. Um, um, I, I'm i going to bring in um, the, the aunts and Will's mom by. Uh-huh. I feel like um, they're going to... Maybe like befriend Maria Doyle Kennedy oh, and yeah. and smack some sense into the Russian family. Mm-hmm. I like that. I yeah. think like Kane and Will obviously have some fights. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but then become best buddies. Yeah. Um, and then they fight um, the other siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really think it's like Banks's versus Abraxas. Oh yeah, oh, totally. Because the Braxies. the Braxies are are not good peeps. Yeah, exactly. And the Banks are the best. Yeah. So yeah, I think that I think you know it builds to a very epic battle, but at the yeah. end of it, Millie Kunis outmaneuvers. Yeah. And uh, and then everybody gets rocket boots. Yay! Hurrah! Woo-hoo! It's very '90s. It's like Air Jordans, but with rockets. <laughs> they, they've got to pump them up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if people want to get back into the '90s uh, with their Air Jordans that are all pumped up, um, where should they get some more fresh Prince Prince adjacent content? Um, well, I have a lot of. 90s sitcom recommendations here. Yeah, had to stop herself. Yeah, I was like, no, Annie, you don't need any more. (laughs) Um, So for more 90s sitcom goodness featuring a largely black cast, we have Moesha, another 90s sitcom starring a young musical artist. Um, Here, Brandy. Yay, Brandy. Um, And this one is a little more about regular life, but I remember enjoying it a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it's the closest parallel to a... um, a Fresh Prince. Yeah, absolutely. And that, like, it's really taking a charismatic young music star. Yeah, and, and like, like giving, giving them a sitcom. A yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it as, like, a, a family sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, their sister's sister about identical twins who find each other as teenagers after they were adopted into separate families. Yeah. I feel like this one always struck me as sort of like a cross between Fresh Prince and Closer that Explains It All. Interesting. Like had, oh, I was going to say Fresh Prince versus um, The Parent Trap. Ooh. Or Meets the Parent Trap. Yeah, no, that would, that's a better one as well. Because yeah, there was nothing particularly close. So maybe they're, they're, it's their just they were, bedrooms you know, just reminded me of each other. Yeah, they had good bedrooms. That's true. <laughs> um, and fun personas. And yeah. I think Sister Sister, they would talk to the camera sometimes. Oh, yeah. Very Clarissa style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tia and, and Tamara like, were on an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. And they were in... This movie, oh, it's like called Twitches or something. Mm-hmm. It's about their their twins, but they're witches too. And apparently, kids <laughs> love that. Twitches, I know, right? <laughs> That's amazing. So, Tier and Tamara, I loved you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Family Matters, which is was a huge '90s sitcom. It started off as a uh, just a regular sitcom about an African American family in Chicago, and ended up as a weirdly sci-fi show about a nerdy black teen. So. Yeah. Pick your poison. Yeah, hooray. It's actually, I feel like Family Matters started off as Fresh Prince, veered into Jupiter Ascending. It's true. It really moved into that territory. I would say for anyone who uh, has fond or otherwise memories of Family Matters, definitely go back and watch the Key and Peele sketch about Urkel on Family Matters. Oh, totally. It's one of the best distillations of what happened to that series. Yeah, it really is. It's so great. Um, But and actually, a lot of early episodes of Family Matters were were really meaningful and yeah. cool and like and like um fresh prince took a lot of being a black family mm-hmm. um there was an episode that uh, about eddie getting pulled over by a cop oh yeah that like is really powerful and like mm-hmm. i mean especially in today's climate like i feel like is is a worthwhile conversation to have and was a very worthwhile conversation for 90s teens yeah, to be having being had on a very broad stage yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah, like just only watch the first few seasons. Yeah, don't one circle starts showing up every episode without fail. Maybe. Yeah, and with like science projects. Yeah, don't just don't, don't do, do it. it. 
Also, um, Urkel is like the original um, nice guy stalker figure. Yeah, oh, totally. So, yeah, not cool. Yeah, not cool. Um, there's a different world about a group of college students living or um, at a historically black university. Uh, there's Living Single about a group of roommates in New York. No, it's not Friends. <laughs> um, this show starred Queen Latifah, who's another successful music artist turned actor. Absolutely. Um, and Queen Latifah showed up for an episode in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Hey, all these crossovers. Yeah, right? Super crossover. There is Hanging with Mr. Cooper about a high school teacher and basketball coach and his roommates. Um, I feel like this one, I don't know if it holds up really well, but I certainly enjoyed it. I, I it was, watched a lot of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the TGIF goodness yeah it's funny there's all these i mean all these 90s sitcoms that that they ran for like between three to six seasons but it felt they felt eternal oh yeah because they were always on reruns yeah because you go to turn on tv and like just watch it and not need to know any real setup which is the sitcom model like you don't need outside of continuity exactly um and some shows that i didn't watch but were real big in 90s black sitcoms um the wayne's brothers martin and the jamie fox show Mm -hmm. um so yeah i feel like we were talking about this uh the other day about how there were so many shows that um, were centered around either black families or, you know, groups of friends who are African-American, mm-hmm. like, and they were on, you know, ABC, NBC, all these, yeah. like, mainstream networks. Um, and even though we have so many more platforms these days, we have fewer shows that are, you know, again, about a black family or just, you know, right. groups of black friends. Especially with like the kind of mass market push behind yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you had, as soon as the network started fragmenting off into all these little specialty niches, they started really segmenting what shows were going where. Yeah. And, so, you know, and, and just saying like, well, we don't want to compete with ourselves. So we already have a show about a black family on TBS. Why right. would we put one on CBS? Yeah. Why would this be on our flagship station? Yeah. And so you really want to get marginalized. Yeah, exactly. Instead of giving these people a platform Mm -hmm. um so yeah but you can look back in the 90s and there are a lot of real fun shows out there yeah there's a lot of interesting work going on exactly um but airing now we have blackish which feels like the major heir to fresh fresh friends Mm -hmm. um it also features a black family living in a largely white wealthy neighborhood and handles race conversations really well Mm -hmm. um while also having a fantastic cast oh absolutely like i think that's a, a sitcom that like I watched the first episode and I was like, I already know and love these characters. I already mm-hmm. get the vibe. I'm on board. Like it hits the ground running. Yeah. Um, there is One Day at a Time, which is about a Cuban-American family and really hits that balance of like classic sitcom feel while also dealing with larger issues like race and PTSD and sexuality. Like I love this show way more than I expected. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's fantastic. I binged the whole season. I cannot wait for season two. Awesome. Um, there is um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which features the largely non-white cast and is one of the best sitcoms running now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and has a, it has a similarly playful sensibility yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and balancing like some really wacky stuff mm-hmm. with um, some, some you know, larger conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, just like the, the chemistry of the cast really standing out. Mm-hmm. Um, also in things I haven't seen yet, Atlanta. Um, but I feel like Donald Glover has like a real young Will Smith vibe. Absolutely. Um, in terms of being like a very successful young artist taking the lead in his own show. Um, mm-hmm. being After really, a musical career. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And um, being very smart about the things he's doing mm-hmm. um, and just being so charismatic. Like yeah. he, I remember him on um, – community and thinking like oh, okay like he's playing the jock mm-hmm. that's fine um and he just really made that character his own so well yeah. and like by the time was it season three before his character leaves mm-hmm. yeah. um he yeah. just like it builds to this beautiful fun 
like crazy, exciting, like, but also touching and meaningful moments. Yeah, for him. I mean, he really like he and Abed are like two. He is Donald Glover and uh, Troy. Uh, um, it's Troy and Abed. Troy and Abed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny Pudi. There we go. There, it's like he has a name. Uh, and then, like they really formed like one of the most memorable like friendships of a show. Yeah. In the last few years. Um, really and I'm wonderful. I'm super excited for them as actors. Absolutely. Like they're just they have such fantastic timing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So we we need to. Watch watch atlanta basically absolutely um and there is dear white people which is both a movie and a tv series about young black people at a predominantly white university Mm -hmm. which i think is more of the air of um a different world yeah and the fresh prince i mean the 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 prep school scenes of that's true and then um once they graduate university yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah lots of recommendations i was like no annie don't dive into all the books and movies. Maybe not all. Of all them. of them. So Gotta those save are, some for those are yeah, episodes. exactly. Those are some good to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what about some Jupiter Ascending? Sure, uh, Jupiter Ascending is both fun and challenging to recommend for because I feel like the Wachowskis are they make they make movies that are both unlike other things and then very like lots of other things because they wear their references on their sleeves mm-hmm. but they fuse them into some really stunning visual stuff um so i would say the biggest recommendation is anything that wachowskis have made um the matrix uh the other two movies in the matrix trilogy are sort of diminishing returns i feel like but even revolutions the second one is big and huge in a way that feels kind of cool and fresh and you can feel that again they have way bigger ideas than sometimes they let themselves catch up to um, Speed Racer, which uh, I have not yet seen, but actually really want to because it just looks totally bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sense8, their Netflix series, which was just canceled after two seasons Aww. and has Rinko Kikuchi in it from Pacific Rim. Um, so yeah, uh, and I, from, by all accounts, again, it's one that I haven't watched, but is very much on my list from everything I've read. It is one of the most Wachowski-ish Wachowski things that you can find. I think Pacific Rim is actually a pretty good rec for this yeah, too. that's true. Actually. Yeah, I would totally, I, I wasn't on my original list, but I should totally add Pacific Rim know. in there. Um, yeah, they really make stuff that nobody else is making in live action right now. Um, sometimes for the better because they can definitely bite off more than they can chew occasionally, but I'm glad that they're out there and they make some really fun stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say Brazil, a Terry Gilliam movie, uh, is another one. There's a very big section of Jupiter Ascending that is very much about the bureaucracy of this, um, uh, uh, intergalactic government and it feels like it was pulled directly out of Brazil. It's actually this really in the same mm-hmm. way that the Russian family stuff um, feels like a slightly separate movie this whole segment feels slightly separate but in a fun, very silly kind of way mm. um, and yeah, Brazil, way darker way less feel good than Jupiter Ascending yeah. um, but a really stunning wonderfully visual, constru- visually constructed satire. I would actually say Terry Gilliam has a very similar visual sensibility as far as scale as mm-hmm. the Wachowskis. Um, he just tends to go more practical effects because that's when he was making them. Interesting. Um, Star Wars original space opera. Watch them all. Um, it's very much the same genre that Jupiter Ascending is copying from. You know, big intergalactic wars of both violence and also politics. Um, the Fifth Element, the Luc Besson film, uh, is another great one with Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich. Oh yeah, that seems to have um, a very similar visual style. Mm-hmm. It's again a very like crazy fever dreamy kind of future alien world. Um, I think it holds up very fun, very well as a camp be fun time it's not uh an amazing movie but it is really fun to watch and uh gary oldman is ridiculous in it and i love it um and then finally um we just watched this one today oh yeah but thor ragnarok you guys it's awesome go see it uh also um like beefy guys who are funnier and have more 
Yeah, more charisma than they should. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi has taken the Thor series and made it so much fun. And just wall-to-wall, it's a delight. Um, I bought the soundtrack in the grocery store right after seeing (laughs) the movie because the soundtrack is so good. Um, Yeah, it is like... It is like the Wachowskis' aesthetic if it had a sense of humor about itself. Yeah. Um, and if and even more bright and even more crazy. Because Taika Waititi is hilarious. Yeah, he's just delightful. Uh, he plays a role in the movie it that is so funny. one of my favorite characters oh my of the last year. Um, so yeah, uh, just go out and check those out. And then this is an area that I know I should be recommending, but I unfortunately just don't have the depth of knowledge for it. But um, the Wachowskis draw a massive amount of vil- visual storytelling and other influence from anime in general. Mm-hmm. So if if you uh, are familiar, I know that Matrix is a big debt to things like Ghost in the Shell mm. and other major anime, but if there are ones that you happen to know play into this kind of vast intergalactic space opera that Jupiter Ascending is playing in, um, drop us a line oh, and say, let us I'm know. I'm going to say Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. Like female power. Heck yeah. Super, yeah, with like ran- Sailor Moon. Yeah, with like these weird villains who are mm-hmm. like all related and yeah. they're trying to take over Earth and suck the energy from humans. There you go. It's yeah, it's very Sailor Moony. Yeah, so that'll start you out. And then yeah, if you know any others, yeah. you can reach out to us. Um in fact this is moving into the end of the show. Yeah. So soon you'll have a bevy of options for Ooh. how to do it. Um, so first things first, Annie, if people want to get more Crossover Appeal content, where should they go they to check it out? They should go to crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com for oh. all of our um, show content, including these recommendations. So you mm-hmm. can look through the list and then tell us other things we should watch. Yeah. And then fun reblogs of often fan fiction related stuff to some of the properties. Sometimes. Don't we? Yeah, we, we, we not fan fiction usually. No, but like, well, like fan art and like and images. Stuff. And, yeah, that's not fi- fan fiction. They're right. That's a different thing. Fan fiction thing. is stories. Fan art is its own thing. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do oh, most of the reblogging. So. It's true. Annie is in charge of it. Um, if you want to email us about the difference between fan art and fan fiction, or if you want to let us know what kind of or anime would feed you into Jupiter Ascending, send us your own fan fiction. Oh my gosh, yeah. Or fan art. Yeah. That'll, that'll, we get that, we'd post them that way. Exactly. You can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Crossover Appeal Podcast. Um, and then every other week we ask you what you've been watching, reading, listening to, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can post your fanfic there and then make other people read it. Yeah. Lord knows I will probably still be talking about Thor Ragnarok next oh, week. Oh, it's so, so good. Take it with TDB, my friend. Get ready for that. Uh, and you can join us on Twitter at Crossover Appeal. Um, gifts. All the gifts. Polls. Yeah. Polls. Lots of fun things. Yeah. Been, oh. Yeah. Stuff. Twitter. It's Twitter. You know how Twitter tweet, works. Tweet the tweets. Tweet tweet the twerks at us. Tweetly deet. <laughs> Rock and Robin. Yeah, but there it is. <laughs> yep. But Annie, what is most important in life? It'd be great if people would subscribe and then rate us mm. and review us on things like iTunes. Yeah. Because then we help other people find um, this crossover appeal world. Exactly. And it's, maybe your fanfic as well. Yeah, this crazy world of scheming butlers and fanfic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, scheming penguin butlers. Scheming penguin. Scheming naked penguin butlers <laughs> yeah. and their B-man boyfriends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty good tagline to end the week on. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another mind-bending crossover magnitude. Uh, but in the meantime, um, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 